Thanks for joining us today for Love, Live, Lead, the broadcast ministry of Christ Community Church in Imperial Valley. The church office is open Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. at 590 West Orange Avenue in El Centro, or call 760-337-9400 for information or for prayer. Christ Community Church has three campuses in El Centro, Brawley, and Calexico, plus a congregation in Spanish. As we navigate the end of the COVID-19 quarantine season and transition to in-person regathering, we encourage you to find up-to-date information about events and each campus's worship service schedule. When you follow us on social media, on our website at www.cccib.org, or simply download the CCCIV app, you'll find the direct link to the app at www.cccib.org forward slash get the app or when you text cccib app to 77977 uh did you guys wait up or were you guys awake when we had that storm last week pretty impressive right and you think about that there was lots and lots of lightning and thunder and you know the, one of the doors at the church was left unlocked and so I, I had to drive in and I was watching all around. I came in to, to lock the door and all around, all around the valley there's this lightning everywhere. And this scripture right here says that his face is like that lightning, right? Lightning, it, it speaks of glory. It speaks of captivating your attention that when you're in the presence of Jesus, you have no choice but to give him your attention, to give him your affections, right? To, to be glorious means to gather attention. And that's what this speaks of here, that this man, he has the robes of a priest. He has the belt of a, of a king. His body is like precious jewels. His, his, his face is the appearance of lightning. Read on with me. His eyes like flaming torches, which would speak of his ability to look right into your heart, to see that God is all-knowing. Right? He can see right through you. He has these eyes that are like Torches and, and his arms and legs gleam of burnished bronze. That would speak of judgment. And the sound of his words was like the sound of a multitude. You know, we just got back from our vacation at the beach. And when there's a storm at the beach, the waves are powerful, right? There's no power, probably on the face of the earth, like the power of water. You see tsunamis just devastate regions. Have you ever stood by a waterfall? Look at this just for a second. Look at this video just for a moment. And think of this. The power of that waterfall. Now, if you and I were standing at the banks of this waterfall, we couldn't communicate. You wouldn't be able to hear me. And this is the point I want you to, or I want you to see. You can take that off now. This is what I want you to understand. Well, I'm glad I don't have to preach over that the whole time. <laughs> that the voice of Jesus is, is the voice of literally many waters. It's that powerful. When he speaks, you'll have no choice but to listen. When he speaks, you won't be able to speak over him. It will be impossible. When you speak, you stop and you listen. When he speaks, you stop and you listen. The sound of many waters, a sound of a multitude. Look at this. Now look at Daniel's response here, verse 7. And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision. He alone saw the vision. Why did Daniel alone see the vision? Because it was Daniel alone who was desperate enough to cry out to God that God would meet with him. 
See, he wasn't alone when this vision took place. There were other people standing at the river of the Tigris or the, the banks of the Tigris River. But Daniel alone saw this vision for the men who were with me did not see the vision, but a great trembling fell upon them and they fled to hide themselves. So I was left alone and saw this great vision. He was there by himself. Everyone else went off to hide behind the rocks. And herein is one of the greatest sadnesses in the state of man that I can find is that when the moment comes and here's this beautiful revelation of Jesus that men were not ready to meet with Jesus. Men were not ready to commune with him and rather than bask in his glory, rather than soak it all in, they went and they hid. If Jesus were to return for his bride today, I wonder how many of us would hide behind those chairs when you had a glimpse of his glory. Why would you hide? You'd hide because you'd be afraid that Jesus knows what you did last night and who you've been talking to and what you've been putting into your body and what you've been taking into your mind and the bitterness that you've allowed into your heart And so when the glory and the majesty and the worth of Jesus were to stand before you, you would cower and you would run and you would hide rather than come and fall in your face before him. You've no one to blame but yourself. This is the saddest of states for the condition of man. Jesus himself said this in John chapter 3. He said that there would be men... This is judgment. This is John chapter 3, verse 19. This is judgment that light has come into the world. He's speaking of himself. And people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. The light is there and people try to find the dark corners and recesses to hide within. Why? Because they're not ready to release their sin. Jesus said this is judgment. He's come to set people free. He didn't come that people would be condemned. He came that people would be saved. He just got finished saying. And he said, and this is where where judgment is gonna happen. This is why judgment will come. It's not because I haven't made a way. It's not because I haven't made a, a, a provision for them to be saved, to be forgiven. It will be at the end of the day because they love their sin more than they love me. That's why people will be judged. And that is as true today as it was the day Jesus spoke those words. I wonder if, he were to appear right now if we wouldn't be those who would hide. Jesus said this in Luke chapter 23, speaking of the end times, those end days when the Son of Man would return. He said that people will cry out, mountains fall on us and hills cover us. In Revelation chapter 6, Jesus said this, that 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 from the princes, the kings of society, all the way to the servants and the slaves, that men would say, they would go and they would hide themselves in caves and among the rocks of the mountains, calling out to the mountains and rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him who is seated on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. If you doubt today whether or not you would run and hide if Jesus were to appear today, right now, in this moment, you have business that you need to tend to with the Lord before you leave. You need to bring those things before his throne. You need to lay them down. Look at what happens here, Daniel, Daniel's response. So this is what happens. He, he catches this glimpse. Everyone else runs and he hides, or they hide. Daniel says that he has no strength left in him. He's sapped. Literally, he's exhausted. His, his appearance, his radiant appearance, 
was fearfully changed. Like the blood left his face, right? His countenance changed. Have you ever seen somebody who like, they just barely missed maybe being in a traffic accident or, you know, something like, and they're just pale. This is what Daniel says. My appearance was pale. The vitality, the strength left my face. Look at this, verse 9. Then I heard the sound of his words. Then the, the Jesus that I was soaking in visually, then he spoke. And look at what happens. Look at Daniel's response here. When I heard his words, when I heard the sound of his words, I fell on my face in deep sleep with my face to the ground. That there was such peace that overwhelmed Daniel when he heard Jesus speak. In John chapter 6, Jesus is teaching the multitudes. And they're asking for bread. And he says, you, you know, I'm, I'm the bread of life. I'm the bread of heaven. I'm that bread. Unless you eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, you'll have no place in heaven. And the scripture says that the people were confused at this teaching and they were scratching their heads and, and, and this really bothered them. And they didn't understand that he's speaking metaphorically here, right? He's speaking of the fact that his body's going to be broken and his blood is going to be spilled. And so they, it says there that, that many of the multitudes, they stopped following Jesus that day. They walked away because the teaching was too difficult for them. And Jesus comes to the disciples and he says, do you too wish to stop following me because of this difficult teaching? And Peter replies to Jesus. Do you remember his reply? He says, Lord, where else could we go? We've come to understand that you and you alone have the words of life. There's nowhere else that we could go. Where would we go if we left? Now, at this point, I, I want to take a little... Uh, sidetrack just a little bit because I want to show you something from the scripture and I hope that this is encouraging to you. So in between points one and two, we're going to have a little break here just for a second. And I want you to consider this because all throughout scripture, God has this amazing way about him. And when someone is in need, God seems to have a way of meeting that need. Have you come to know that in your own life? Have you had a need and then all of a sudden you just, you, you, you have a need and you become that desperate person just like Daniel. And you bring that desperation before the Lord in the form of supplication. And God meets you with the word, meets you with the provision, meets you with the vision, meets you with revelation. Well, God has a way of doing this all throughout scripture. God shows up at just the right time with just the right thing and it should build all of our faith. We can see this all throughout scripture. In Genesis chapter 3. Adam and Eve, they have a need. They've partaken of a forbidden fruit. They run and they hide themselves from the Lord. And God shows up. He's walking with them in the cool of the garden. What is their need? They have need for atonement. They have need to be reconciled to God. They have need that that, that separation that their sin has caused would be bridged. And there God is walking in the cool of the day. And what does God do? He makes some skins to cover up their shame, their nakedness, so that they could be free. Now, they're cast from the garden, and there has to be the story of, uh, of Jesus in order for full atonement. But we see that picture there. Their need was for one of atonement, and God met that need. How amazing. You think about the story of Abraham. In Genesis chapter 12, God comes to Abram at that time, and he says, Listen, Abram, I want you to leave the land that you've always known, your home that you've always come accustomed to, and I'm going to take you to a new land, and I'm going to make you a great and mighty nation. And all of the nations of the world will call you blessed. And so Abraham has this promise that he clings to. 
In, in, in Genesis chapter 15, God comes once more and he says to Abram, listen, behold, Abram, I am your shield. I am your exceedingly great reward. And years have passed. I mean, 10 plus years have passed. When that promise was first given, Abraham was in his 70s. And he says, I'm going to make you a father. At that point, he had no children. Right? So God comes again a few chapters later, many years later, says, Abram, listen, I'm your, your shield, your exceedingly great reward. And Abraham says, well, what, what are you going to give me seeing that I still have no children? You still haven't given me a son. The heir of my house is one of my slaves. You promised me. God, you promised me. And God takes Abraham out and he says, look up at the sky. Do you see all of those stars? Can you number those stars, Abraham? You can't, can you? Well, that's how many descendants you will have. You fast forward a few chapters more. Genesis chapter 18. Once again, Abraham is, is struggling with these promises. And there a traveler comes. Jesus comes with two angels. And he reminds him. He says, this time next year, you're going to have a son. Sarah hears off in the distance. She begins to laugh. How can this be? At this point, Abraham's in his 90s and Sarah's in her her, her 80s. They, they, have the, they have their son Isaac. Abraham's 100 and Sarah's like 90. It's like, like a miracle, right? Sarah hears this. She begins to laugh. And God says, Jesus says this. Why is she laughing? Do you know what she says? She says to Abraham, listen to me. It might seem difficult. It might seem impossible. But there is nothing too difficult for me. See, what did Abraham need in that moment in his life? He needed assurance of the promises of God. And just when he was about to give up those promises, you know what happens? Jesus shows up and gives him that assurance. He says, this time next year, you're going to have that son. And nothing is too difficult for me. Do you have that need today? Do you need assurances of the promises of God? How about you go a few years later and you have... Abraham's grandson, Jacob. And here's a man who uh, was kind of prideful and arrogant much of his life. And he gets to this point in Genesis chapter 32, you can read this, where he's wrestling with the Lord. He's wrestling with this, this, this Jesus. He's wrestling. And Jesus touches his hip and his hip falls out of socket. And the rest of his life, he's limping. What did Jacob need? He needed humility. And Jesus gave him that humility when he came and met with him. You go forward. How about the story of Moses? Moses, again, in Exodus chapter 3. In Exodus chapter 3, Moses is there tending his father-in-law's sheep. And God comes and says, I've heard the cries of my people. I'm going to send you as a deliverer. And Moses says, you've got the wrong guy. I, I'm not equipped for that. I, I, you've, you must be thinking of somebody else because I'm not ready to do that. No one's going to listen to me. I can't speak well. God says, listen, stop all of the excuses. What you're missing in the equation, you might not be qualified, but I'm with you. Moses needs faith, and what does Jesus give him? What does God do? God gives him faith. He builds up his faith. I'm going to be with you. How about the man who took over for Moses, Joshua, tasked with leading millions of Israelites to go in and to take the promised land. They were going to have to go to battle, to go to war. And what does Joshua need? He needs a warrior on his side. In Joshua chapter 6, there the angel, or the commander of the Lord's armies, Jesus himself, meets him on the way. And Joshua says, are you with us or are you with them? And Jesus replies, neither. No, I'm here on behalf of the Lord. I'm the commander of the armies of the Lord, right? The question wasn't whether or not I'm with them or with you. The question is, are you with me, Joshua? 
Are you going to go to war with me? Are you going to battle with me? Right? Joshua needs a warrior, and what does Jesus show up for? He shows up as a warrior. Over and over again throughout the scriptures, you can see this happening, that God shows up with just what the people need. Fast forward, Isaiah chapter 6. I'm going to skip a few just for sake of time. Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah, the prophet, is grieving because the king whom he respected, King Uzziah, has died and his heart is broken. And there he's crying out before the Lord. And there he has this incredible vision of the glory of God. And it says there that the train of God's robe filled the temple with glory. And that these angels are worshiping, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. And he falls on his face. And what is God doing? He's bringing Isaiah the encouragement that he needs just when he needs it. His hero... King Uzziah has died and his heart is weak and God gives him that encouragement. He gives him a vision of God's throne room. Why is this so important? Because he's reminding Isaiah, hey, look, you might, it might not make sense to you. You look around and your leader might be gone. You might be grieved because you feel like that maybe the nation is going to be weakened because your leader is not there. But you need to remember that God is on the throne and his train of, the train of his robe fills the temple with glory. And maybe that's a word for us, church, today. It doesn't matter who is in the White House because God is on the throne. You fast forward to the New Testament. There's this vision that Peter, James, and John receive in Matthew chapter 17. We call it the transfiguration. The word transfiguration literally in the Greek is metamorpho, which means like a metamorphosis, where they, these three disciples were given the opportunity to see God's glory revealed on the outside. What had been, put, what had been covered by his flesh was now radiating. And there he's with Moses and Elijah, and they fall down, and Peter says, we need to build three little tabernacles, one for you, Jesus, and one for Moses, and one for Elijah. So they have this vision again of Jesus in his glory and then they hear a voice from heaven and the voice from heaven says this it says hey this is my beloved son what does the word say listen to him why is that important because God was giving the disciples exactly what they needed he was saying you need to focus on the words of Jesus understand where they came from because Moses represents the law and Elijah would represent the prophets and all of that is God's word. But now what, what, what is being said to these disciples is, hey, okay, this, Moses and Elijah are there. It's important. It's a part of it. But you need to pause and you need to start listening to Jesus. Focus on him. How about that moment of failure in Peter's life? Jesus had said to Peter, before the rooster crows twice, you'll have denied me three times. Jesus says, even if I have to go to death, I will not deny you. Sure enough, three times Peter denies even knowing Jesus. Three times. But there in John chapter 21, in Jesus' resurrected state, he comes to Peter. And three times he asks Peter, Peter, do you love me? What does Peter respond? He says, in, in, in your English versions, if you read this, it says, yes, Lord, I love you. But in the Greek, he says, I really like you a lot. And Jesus asks the second time, do you love me? And Peter says, I, I really like you a lot. And the third time Jesus asks, he says, I guess you really like me a lot. And it says that Peter's heart is broken because he didn't ask whether or not he really loved him. He just asked if he liked him. But after each time, Peter, Peter is told this by Jesus, if you really truly like me even a lot, feed my sheep, tend to my sheep, tend to the flock. What does 
Jesus offering to Peter in that moment? He's offering forgiveness. Here's a man who thought he was a failure. Man, I lost it. I blew it. I blew it. I, I said I wasn't going to deny Jesus, and I did exactly the thing that I said I would never do. I, I don't even feel worthy to be a part of this anymore. I'm just going to go back, and I'm going to fish again. And when Jesus first found Peter, guess what he was doing? He was fishing. Here Jesus says, listen, I still have, I know you failed. I know you can't even really say that you love me unconditionally. But here's the thing, I still have a plan for you. I still want to use you. Three times he denied Jesus. Three times Jesus said to Peter, go tend to my sheep. Offering that forgiveness, restoring him. Exactly what Peter needed. How about the apostle Saul, or the apostle Paul? Saul at the time. On the road to Damascus, he has this amazing encounter with the glory of Jesus. And he hears this voice, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It's hard for you to kick against the goads. And Saul immediately says, Lord, what would you have me to do? Here's a man who was bent on wreaking havoc in the church, persecuting the church of Jesus. And here Jesus appears to Saul, and there's an awakening that take, takes place. Immediately, his eyes become open. He goes and they're blinded. He, he goes, he's prayed for, his eyes are opened. He walks with Jesus from that moment on. He was blinded by religion. Jesus appears to him in glory, exactly what he needs, and an awakening takes place. Last one I'll share with you is in the book of Revelation, the Apostle John. Write these verses down, Revelation chapter 1, verses 12 through 18. If you read this later, you can see how the vision that John receives of Jesus is almost exactly the vision that we read here in Daniel chapter 10. But this is why it's important, because this put yourself in the shoes of John for a moment. John has watched all of his friends being persecuted and suffer, and many of them die. They've been crucified, some of them crucified upside down. They've been whipped, they've been stabbed, they've been beaten. John himself has been dipped in a vat of boiling oil and has been sent alone onto an island filled with prisoners. And there on that island, when all hope seems lost, he has this vision of Jesus. He needs hope and Jesus appears to him. Exactly what he needs. You look back on all of these, you see... When atonement was needed, Jesus provided that through that vision. When assurance was needed, Jesus provided that. When faith was needed, Jesus provided that. When a defender, a warrior was needed, Jesus provided that. When encouragement was needed, Jesus provided that. When focus was needed, Jesus provided that. When forgiveness, reconciliation was needed, Jesus provided that. When there was an awakening that was needed, Jesus provided that. When there was hope that was needed, Jesus provided that. I don't know what your need is this morning, but I know this, that Jesus wants to meet your need. I don't know what burdens or what bondage you carried into this place, what heartache or desperation you brought, but if you will bring that desperation before the Lord in the form of supplication, just like Daniel, if you'll cry out, God is ready to meet you with vision and with revelation and to be what you need more than anything today. He still does this today. It's beautiful. You look at Jesus himself. You read throughout the Gospels, Jesus himself. Jesus would say this, before Abraham was, I am. Why is that important? Because when Moses said, well, who do I tell the people sent me? Jesus just said, tell them that I am sent you. Right? Jesus says, I am before Abraham. 
I'm the one. I'm the one that you've been waiting for. And he puts flesh on that. Why? Because he's the bread of life for the one who's hungry. Why? Because he's the light of the world for the one who's afraid. Why? Because he's the door for the one who feels like they're on the outside looking in. Why? Because he's the good shepherd for the one who's broken and hurting and needs to be carried. Why? Because he's the way, the truth, and the life for the one who's lost. Why? Because he's the resurrection and the life for the one who's dead in their sin. Why? Because he's the one who's the true vine for the one who feels disconnected or like they don't belong. Jesus came and he says, I am, and he puts flesh on that name. This is what I want to be for you. What do you need this morning, church? Because whatever it is, whatever you're needing, whatever your heart is desiring, whatever you're desperate for, God is ready to meet that need if you'll bring that desperation into his presence. Such beautiful response from the Lord to the heart of man, isn't it? Thanks for joining us today for Love, Live, Lead, the broadcast ministry of Christ Community Church in Imperial Valley. The church office is open Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. at 590 West Orange Avenue in El Centro, or call 760-337-9400 for information or for prayer. Christ Community Church has three campuses in El Centro, Raleigh, and Calexico, plus a congregation in Spanish. As we navigate the end of the COVID-19 quarantine season and transition to in-person regathering, we encourage you to find up-to-date information about events and each campus's worship service schedule. When you follow us on social media, on our website at www.cccib.org or simply download the cccib app you'll find the direct link to the app at www.cccib.org forward slash get the app or when you text cccib app to 77977